Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports Station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, here until 11 o'clock talking baseball. Yeah, I know it's Super Bowl weekend. We're talking baseball today, and today is a big one in the ongoing work stoppage. The game needs Commissioner Rob Manfred to step up to the plate with the bases loaded and do anything but strike out, Bruce. It is Super Bowl weekend. We are here for you. Good morning, buddy. How you doing? Good morning, David. Uh, yeah, it, it's a big day. Uh, you know, again, the, the confusion of the commissioner of baseball and who he represents, that comes into play again after we saw his press conference yesterday uh, and the idea that, um, indeed, there is a divide still between the players and the owners, but maybe the divide isn't as big as everybody was making it over the last couple of weeks. Uh, We are getting down to the nitty-gritty time with spring training set to open on uh, Wednesday, and something has to be done over the next 10 days in order to get a deal done, not miss spring training with with at least uh, four weeks involved, David and uh, have opening day begin on March 31st. Aside from the calendar, Bruce, and we will get into this throughout the show, we've got a great one planned, but I feel like the the tone was set. The pressure was almost put on Rob Manfred by the comments and the tone that he took on Thursday after the owners' meetings when he met with reporters, and he sounded more optimistic and maybe more willing to concede or compromise than I think at any point throughout this uh, work stoppage that began way back on December 2nd. Would you agree with that? And to to you, does that put even more pressure or uh, make today even more important? Well, I think it is a huge day today, David. And and he did give us some news. I mean, he did say that that the sides are in agreement. That's the first time we've heard anything about agreements whatsoever since December 2nd when the lockout went into place uh, on Universal DH. So, uh, number one, every National League team, David, now realizes 
that yes, if they're interested in a DH, a type of player that really doesn't have a position, uh, if you want to look at a Nelson Cruz, if you want to look at a, a Kyle Schwarber in that way, all of a sudden 15 teams in the National League will be alerted, this is a time we can move on a DH as soon as this deal is done. So universal DH has been, has been agreed upon. Uh, no free agent compensation when a free agent leaves and, uh, and teams normally uh, have the, the chance to uh, sign a, uh, a player from another team because of the fact that they have signed elsewhere and, and they get a free agent compensation pick. Uh, that's not going to happen anymore, creating more of a free agent market uh, w- without any hesitation for teams. Also, a new drafting system where uh, it's not necessarily the worst team that gets the number one pick in the draft. Uh, That is also a part that's been agreed upon. Now, getting the final solution to a couple of these things and then the more important issues uh, in competitive balance tax and uh, wages for young players, that is the charge of both sides, David, as uh, as they peruse and listen to the owner's latest proposal that will be uh, given out today. We're going to talk about all of that today. We've got a great show coming up. Bob Nightingale from USA Today will join us from New York at 930, just the latest on the talks and what he thinks is going to happen and what he will hear later today from Rob Manfred. At 10 o'clock, welcome back, Ron Coomer, Coomdog. He's going to join us at the top of the hour. And then Ryan Horvat from BetQL Network will talk to us at 1040 this morning, Bruce, about some Super Bowl picks, some, hey, we have to remember what everyone is looking toward this weekend with tomorrow night looming for a lot of betters. Inside the clubhouse right here is brought to you by Aloha Restoration, restoring your home to pre-disaster conditions. And, Bruce, I want to get back to what you had to say about the Universal DH. There are a lot of implications uh, we'll, we'll talk about throughout the show. But what was your immediate reaction? And maybe other people out there have thoughts as well. 312-644-6767. When you saw the universal DH, that kind of concession being made uh, or announced by Rob Manfred, who does it immediately affect in your mind? Well, it, uh, it, it is a big boom for players because uh, the, the, the limited – player in baseball, the guy who really doesn't play a position anymore, a Nelson Cruz, for example, uh, as we brought up before, had 15 teams to negotiate with uh, up until uh, this announcement was made. Now you have guys like this, uh, and, and you look at, let's, let's take Schwarber, for example, a guy that maybe doesn't fit for the Chicago Cubs before this announcement is made, now automatically fits into the conversations about, well, we need left-handed power. We don't have enough. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, we know his makeup. He's a great guy. We don't necessarily want him in the outfield or at first base, but if we can have 600 at-bats from him and 450 or 500 are from uh, DH, that's a new equation that teams are open to now. And it also benefits players because you have 15 new jobs that are, in general, high-paying jobs for the DH. Now, people use them in different ways, but in this case, uh, it opens up more revenue for players, uh, more jobs for players, uh, higher salaries 
that are escalated automatically by having 15 more DHs possibly in the National League. That was one of the things that got a lot of attention when Rob Manfred spoke the other day following the owners' meetings, but it wasn't the only thing. I think, as we alluded to, he sounded like a, a commissioner more in the spirit of compromise in terms of making concessions from the owner's side. You're always one breakthrough away from making an agreement. You never, I mean, that's the art of this process. Um, somebody makes a move. And that's why we'll make additional moves on Saturday that creates flexibility on the other side. And what seemed like a big gap on this topic or that topic isn't such a big gap anymore. So it's just it's hard for me to answer that better than that. The positivity, David, of uh, Manfred, cautious optimism is the way I would look at it. A a, a guy with a little bit more. Um, Hey, I'm a I'm a regular guy. Us owners are regular guys. We're trying to get a deal done for you, the fan. That's what I that's what I sniffed out of this conversation. Two questions for you: sincerity or spin? And then second to that, how much of that tone, which seems to have shifted, I would agree with you, is in direct relation to the fact that the players on the other side appear to be very unified. I think social media has given them a way to communicate their message cohesively, and they are unified, as we have heard from Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer and others, and I think that has, in my mind, almost affected the way that Rob Manfred and the owner side have to approach this because they aren't dealing with the side that they're going to break because the, the players aren't going to be splintered here. Well, you know, we've heard this in, in every, uh, every labor dispute before, David. It's not unique. So I, I, don't, get, I don't get much of a, uh, a good feeling from players coming out saying we're unified. You know, it's been 75 days uh, since the lockout. Of course they're unified right now. And, and of course, you know, not being sarcastic, but be a re- being realistic about it, David, there, no one's missed a paycheck yet. Okay. Right. right. When you start missing paychecks on the player side, when you start missing fans in the stands in spring training and the and the owners cuts and their partners in Arizona and Florida that look forward to spring training and uh, and set up their these these cities beautifully for the teams. uh, That's when it starts to hurt. Okay. when 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 they get hit in the wallet. That's when it really starts to make uh, some sense. So I don't take much from the players being unified. As a matter of fact, the more I hear from players or owners uh, saying we've made, you know, we're, we're unified, the, the less I think uh, there's been any progress. It's honestly. easy to be to be unified when, when you can still make your payments on the Bentley. Is that what you're trying to say, Bruce? Yeah, I mean, they don't all make Bentleys. You know, the, the whole, the whole idea here is um, your average major league career is four years. Okay, right. in that time, an average major leaguer probably would could make uh, upwards of two million dollars. That sounds like a, a ton of money to us. Okay, uh, but for the lifestyle that major leaguers live, and for the lifestyle that they propose that they will have the rest of their lives, uh, the people around their lives live a little bit bigger than they normally should. So that two million dollars isn't going into the bank. Uh, that two million dollars is being spent with the idea that they're going to make a hell of a lot more the rest of their career. The reality is it's four years. So the minimum 
the, the minimum salary is a, is a huge thing for the union. Uh, salary arbitration being earlier for players, that's a huge thing in this um, discussion. And uh, the competitive balance tax at the end and the taxation after teams go over a certain amount of salary uh, per year, uh, that, that's a huge, those are the huge issues in, in this CBA. And, Bruce, uh, you, talked, you talked about how Rob Manfred had gotten specific about the calendar and the implications and when a deal would have to be struck and what that would mean in terms of the reporting day and also the beginning of opening day. Nobody wants to lose games, and this was how emphatic Rob Manfred sounded about that possibility on Thursday. If I hadn't um, given consideration uh, to what it would mean to miss games, I wouldn't be doing my job. Obviously, I pay attention to that. I I see missing games as a disastrous outcome for for this industry, and we're committed to making an agreement in an effort to avoid that. Yeah, I mean, like uh, that—that is—that is the different Rob Manford that I heard. Okay, it's a—it's the—it's uh, a calmer. We need to get a deal done. It's on me to make sure that this gets done as Commissioner of Baseball. We don't hear that very often because it, we we realize the Commissioner of Sports now are really the CEOs of those owners. They're not really. The, the representative for players. Yeah, they hand out fines and they have people that work for them and, and do those things and do what's best for baseball. But in reality, nobody is fooled that he represents the players. He doesn't. He represents uh, the game through ownership. And, and, and that's it. But I, I, do like, I do like the tenor of his voice. I do like the idea uh, that he feels it's on him uh, if the season doesn't start on time, that it's a bad look for everybody. So I, I think that type of rhetoric uh, gives a, a feeling of there might get might be something done, and when it when it does get done, we have to do, react very quickly because he said right away, David, mm-hmm. uh, we need to have four weeks of spring training, no less. We learned the lesson from 2020 when our pitchers were going down in droves uh, because we only had three weeks of uh, spring practice in spring training .20. And we need to have four weeks. That means, David, four weeks means that they have to have a deal done by February 20th. They have to have players report by 27th. And that gives them four weeks of time before the 27th of March when they or 28th of March, when they have to leave for the beginning of uh, the season on March 31st. So it's a very thin line here. This next week, today's results, this next week in negotiations, it has to be one of those where we're not hearing every other day they're going to meet. They're going to have to sit down and get something done. That makes today the biggest day of the offseason to date because I think that it was a constructive uh, dialogue that began on Thursday. You hope that continues today in New York. We'll talk to Bob Nightingale at the bottom of the hour from USA Today from New York. But, Bruce, there are that's the biggest national story certainly in the game. A couple local things I want to touch on uh, in the opening segment because I think it's important. Last night ESPN reported that the White Sox are mandating COVID-19 booster shots for all minor league players. Minor league camps still are getting ready to, to convene and open. And the Sox are telling 
players in an email Friday they, quote, will not be able to participate in spring training without being fully up to date on their vaccinations, according to the letter obtained by ESPN. You have some more information on that and talk to some Sox officials about what that means. Right. This is absolutely accurate, and it's absolutely the way the White Sox have done business up to this point. Okay. Uh, all of their uh, players were uh, had the same vaccinations last year. Um, as you know, the White Sox, uh, as they say, knock on wood, had a very good record when it came to uh, uh, COVID-19 uh, and, and, and not getting the, uh, the illness. So uh, they did a very good job. Major League Baseball is not mandating uh, that minor league players have to get their third shot. The White Sox are. So will there be any pushback? I don't think so. Uh, I, I believe that uh, all the White Sox uh, minor leaguers understand that this is a part, part and parcel of keeping them healthy, uh, keeping the environment healthy, uh, doing it the White Sox way. Um, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if other teams uh, step up as well, but the White Sox are not shy about it. And if somebody wants to fight them in court, uh, they can go ahead and do it. Maybe they end up playing on a different team in 2022. Exactly. I mean, you know? what are you going to fight? A team trying to, to act in your best interest? A team trying to fill its clubhouse and organization full of healthy players, taking advantage of everything at their disposal? I, I think it's good for the White Sox. I wouldn't be shocked, Bruce, if, if more teams, if not every team, does this by the end of spring training. Right. But again, uh, you know, people will say, well, um, you know, the, in the country there's – still 30% or, or a little bit more of people who haven't gotten their vaccine. Why should these players uh, have to do it if they don't want to? But uh, again, uh, you're, you're talking about uh, a system, a group of people together all the time, a way that the White Sox feel this is the best road to staying safe, healthy, and uh, having a, uh, a season that's uninter- uninterrupted by the virus. And playing professional baseball is a privilege, not necessarily your right. So you are choosing to do this. You have to do the things that come yeah. with those choices. All right, I mean, Bruce, so can, the Cubs. I'll finish I'll, with one thing, David. Okay. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. But this starts with uh, Mr. Reinsdorf, and, and, and it goes all the way through. That's, that's how it goes. So, Meanwhile, the Cubs are in talks with Sinclair Broadcasting. Bruce, you know a little bit about what's going on. And Marquis the uh, suggestion is that they are talking about launching a streaming service for customers who don't have cable, basically cord cutting, and it would cost Cub fans $18 a month, according to the New York Post, as much as that, to watch their beloved team. I know some Cubs fans who last year would have you know, paid somebody $18 a month not to watch games, but uh, I, where is this headed and, and what do you think about the direction? Well, first, uh, Major League Baseball is is not in approval of uh, individual teams right now uh, streaming. The Cubs are not near, and Marquis, from what I understand, are not near streaming at this point. It's not going to happen in 2022. Uh, The the $18 figure is an arbitrary, arbitrary number that was just brought up. It's not anything that's set in stone. Uh, going forward. That's not necessarily the figure at all of what people would pay if streaming is available to them. And again, it's not going to be this season. So people shouldn't get uh, riled or upset about the fact that, uh, you know, they're they're going to lose, uh, you know, seeing the Cubs unless they're streaming individually. The deals are still in place with the cable companies. Uh, 
you know, so there there is a lot to be done here. I can just tell I can tell you that streaming is a part of the future for Major League Baseball games. And Major League Baseball wants to be able to control that to add that to their revenue streams for all the 30 teams rather than uh, each individual team going off and starting their own streaming service. So there is a fistfight to be had first between teams who are interested in streaming and MLB. Uh, Once that's uh, solidified and and taken care of, then we'll see more news about this going into 2023. It does raise the question, how much is too much? What would you be willing to pay per month to watch your favorite team to uh, cut the cord and to say, is it $15? Is it $18? Is it higher than that? 312-644-6767. What do you think? Bruce, the score listener lines powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We go out to the phone lines, and that is where we find Mike, who is in Glencoe. Good morning, Mike. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Hey, fellas, and I'd like to talk about something other than the strike. Um, Bruce, earlier this week, Keith Law, who I know is a controversial guy, listed his top 100 farm systems, and the Sox are right back where they used to be, right dead at the bottom. And a lot of the comment was, oh, no, this is no big deal. This is just because we have all these great players that came up to the majors and will reload. But uh, is it fair to also observe that maybe we have not uh, done a good job the last couple of years, that we're still lagging player uh, development, and we have not uh, restocked the minor league system? I just don't buy the excuse that this is all because we've brought up these fabulous guys to the majors and we're reloaded and ready to keep the uh, farm system pumping away. What's your view? Well, I, I think they've done a really good job of player development. And player development is not just uh, signing players and uh, getting them to the major leagues. It's about identifying good players from, from elsewhere, David, uh, and, and trading for them and then bringing them and developing them. I don't think anybody's done a better job of trading for young players from other teams and developing them, getting them to the major leagues, signing them to unbelievably long uh high-paying contracts, you have left field, you have a center field, you have third base, all uh, young players who were traded for, uh, developed and signed to long-term deals. You have a shortstop who was uh, was a number one pick who was signed to a long-term deal. You have uh, young pitching in the organization that is coming along. So from, from my perspective, I think they've done a really good job, and I think it's just the way it goes when you become competitive. And the White Sox are in that in that arena right now where they are competing to win a World Series every year and will be for the next three, four, or five years. So from that perspective, I can't worry much about the, the minor league system right now. I am with you, Bruce, and I don't think you want to be last in anything, but I don't look at the White Sox and the way their young players have performed and been part of this movement toward making themselves into a World Series contender and think, boy, that team's got a a minor league system issue or a problem. I just look at the opposite. They are developing players at such a rate that they're leaving their minor leagues kind of without that kind of talent that that leads to these high rankings. You don't want to be in the top 10 every year if you're not winning championships or being in a position to do that. But rankings are fun to debate. Look, the Cubs went from 26th to 16th, so they are in a position now to, to, to say, hey, we are improving our farm system, but right. those are those are fun. And I think the Sox are doing what they need to do to develop players at that I point. think it's great, though, David, that uh, people are paying that much attention 
to the minor leagues and uh, the sophistication of uh, Chicago fans uh, about their minor league teams and in general in baseball is, is something that's really, uh, really great to see and understand because of the fact that um, uh, they've just, you know, they've taken their, their view to, the, uh, to another level now of watching players as they come, watching the systems. Uh, they've been trained that way by a team like the White Sox that had to go all the way down to come back up. And, and the Cubs, who are now in the midst of something uh, uh, similar, where they're not going all the way down, but they're 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 increasing their their load of minor league players and uh, young players who were in other organizations uh, via trade. So I, I think you know the, the Cubs hope to be in the same spot the White Sox are in within the next couple of years. From minor league debates to major league problems, we will go to New York. Talk to Bob Nightingale from USA Today about today's talks between the Major League Players Association and Rob Manfred and his team next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Pitching Ninja put out a little comp video today of you just excited getting strikeouts to end innings, and it oh, it, it gave us all the good baseball vibes we needed, Lance. No, I hear you. Uh, the owners don't want to get uh, the league going. That should get them pumped up for the right? season right there. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we should show over them. Just send it out. Just send it to the negotiating table tomorrow. Man, oh, they, yeah. they'll come to their senses, right? I hope. I think. That's the plan. That's yeah. the plan. I think everybody wants to play. We'll get it done. Lance Lynn yesterday on the Parkins and Spiegel show, giving the owners something to think about, putting a little pressure on publicly. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. David Hall, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock talking baseball. And it's time now to go out to our guest hotline, sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. That's where we find Bob Nightingale, the fine national baseball writer and columnist for USA Today. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Yeah, I'm wondering, David, we're in Bruce. Good. What's at stake today, and how do you think that Rob Manfred's approach could possibly change uh, the way that we are viewing this work stoppage by the end of today? 
Well, I don't think anything will change at all today. I think it'll still, you know, a um, little, little increment here, you know, from the uh, owners and will be the union, the union will be disappointed and they'll come up back with their counter offer next week. MLB will be disappointed. So uh, this can go on for a little bit, at least for a, a few more weeks. Uh, you know, I don't think we'll, I think they'll, you know, I don't think they're going to come out public ever and say spring training is delayed because people already know that. But, you know, the next big public thing will be, okay, the first week of spring training games are canceled. The second week of spring training games are canceled. That sort of thing. Bob, when are we going to stop hearing the rhetoric of players saying we're in solidarity with owners, uh, you know, taking um, more time to make offers? Uh, I mean, you and I have been through a lot of these over the the last 35, 40 years. Uh, when, when do you get the sense that they will just sit down and uh, start hammering something out? Because we're, we're running out of time here. Th- this next week, I think, is a, a crucial week for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I do, too. I, don't, I mean, I don't think today is anything, really. I think you know, so much is made out of nothing. Uh but yeah, beginning uh, next week and the week after, you know, they got to get a deal done by February 28th if they want to start the season on time. If they don't start the season on time, then the question is, are those games just a, uh, you know, gone forever? Do they try to make them up in double headers? Do they move the season back a week or two? MLB has made it sound like those games will be canceled forever uh, because they don't want to move the season, uh, you know, drag you on to mid-November. So, you know, that's going to be a, uh, you know, an, another, another missed paycheck for the players and missed uh, money, too, for the owners with the TV rights and, and attendance. So when Rob Manfred said on Thursday after the owners' meetings that he planned to, to come today and make a good proposal, was that just simply rhetoric, Bob, or are they coming down or compromising or more willing to compromise on some key core economic issues? I think what they'll do is just, you know, make movement on, on every core economic issue. Uh, you know, it won't be what the union wants. It's not like they're, you know, going over the, uh, you know, if, if a compromise is 50 million, it's not, you know, it's, it's not like they're going to go over that or do whatever the union wants. So I just think it'll be, you know, in, incremental on, uh, on every issue. Then the uh, players will, you know, come back, you can come back next week. Let's see if they go incremental too or, or someone, you know, no one's taking a giant step yet. And, uh, you know, that's not going to happen today either. Uh, Bob, are, are the sides uh, in, in agreement on what the major issues are? And are, can we at least let uh, fans understand that they are in the process of talking about the deal breaker issues and that the, the, the side, you know, the secondary issues, the ancillary issues are, are going to be easy to, uh, to hand out? Because, you know, as as one of my baseball friends always asks me, how come we're not hearing anything about the rules? The, the, you know, the game, the game itself needs uh, to be, you know, tinkered with to make it more exciting. We hear it all year long. And once we hear these negotiations start, we don't hear anything about the rules anymore. We're hearing about the DH, that they're agreeing to that. But, uh, you know, they're, you know, pace of game and all the things that really matter to, uh, to both sides and the, and the fans really doesn't seem to be an issue. Yeah, I asked about that, Bruce, and there's been no talk at all about that. It's almost like let's get a deal for, done first and then worry about gutter stuff in the future, you know, uh, 2023. I think they're so worried about just getting the season off, that sort of thing, that they're going to work about the economic things. 
you know, I still think the, uh, you know, the minimum salary, I don't think it's that big a deal. They can reach a compromise there. And I, I do think the big thing is just reaching a compromise on how much the zero to three guys will make. You know, the union still wants, you know, two years of uh, service time or, or your arbitration eligible. If not, you know, finish in the top seven war of your position, that sort of thing. But that's, you know, to get a year of service. So I think the zero to three thing is the biggest thing. You know, I don't think the draft lottery going from three picks to eight, you know, they can compromise at five, you know, that sort of thing. So I, th- I think it's a zero to three class that, that would be the big stumbling block at this point. But they all, you know, they're at least making compromises or, you know, doing some stuff on, on the four or five major issues. So, you know, it's not like the union says we're not going to make a deal unless you give us five years of, uh, of, of, of you know, service time for free agency. They're staying at six. And I think we'll still say at the uh, two plus for the arbitration guys, but somehow some kind of mechanism there where it's uh, easier for players to get uh, you know, two years of service time if you're a star player. It's really pretty much gonna be the, the Chris Bryant rule. They bring up Chris Bryant in every single meeting. <laughs> so, you know, Bob, Chris if Bryant you are... actually, yeah. Go ahead, Sorry, Bruce. David. Chris Bryant actually got four years of arbitration because of that. How, how... And, and the Chicago fans got seven years of Chris Bryant being in Chicago. So there, there, is, there is a perspective to look at from time to time, too, as well. Yeah, and I, you know, it actually worked out well for Chris. You remember he, he had a, uh, a down year in uh, 2020. So if he was a free agent, I'm not sure how much he would have got. So at least he got the, uh, you know, arbitration money, that, that sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, no. I don't hear anybody's name being brought up at all except for Chris Bryant. So I do think they'll, they'll call it the Chris Bryant rule. So, Bob, you're being more realistic than pessimistic or optimistic, excuse me, uh, today about what's at stake. And, and you have covered these in the past. So as you read between the lines and you, you, you look at the calendar and you know that, boy, it's, get, uh, it's, getting, uh, it's getting late here. And um, what is your best prediction, your most educated guess about where this is headed and and when we could you know possibly hear some sort of signs of a breakthrough. Yeah, I don't see. I don't think we'll see a breakthrough for at least another ten days or so. I mean, even several people said they haven't begun negotiating yet. And uh, you know, the, the uh, back and forth today, I don't think will you know amount to anything either. You know, just a little bit more. You know, a little bit of tiny progress. But I, I think the big date's February twenty eighth. Uh, if they don't have an agreement by then, then you're talking about you know, missing some regular season games because uh, everybody's saying, well, it was, they need 23, they had 23 days of spring training during the, uh, the the COVID year, and that wasn't quite enough. So they, they're saying, you know, they need 28 days. So that gives you all all of March. But even if you have an agreement by March, I mean by February 8th, it's going to be a scramble I mean, for guys that show up in spring training, guys who get their visas, right. let alone all the unsigned free agents. Yeah, I was just going to say, Bob, it takes a week to get into camp, a minimum five days, but for most people, a week. Nobody has their housing, okay? So, you know, the, you know that, that in itself is a disaster for the clubs to be able to get that for everybody. Uh, it, takes, it takes at least a, a week. How, how long do you think it's going to take for guys to scramble and get free agent deals? That's probably an ongoing process for over a month, and... Uh, you know, how do you, how do you look at your team knowing you're going to have a universal DH now in the National League 
setting up uh, who you're going after in that free agent market. And, and then, as you said, Bob, visas for 31% of the players might, they don't all live outside the U.S., but a lot of them, and especially a lot of minor leaguers as well, um, you know, how are they going to get into camp in time? So th- there is a there is a, a time issue, and I, I think it's it's more next Sunday, February 20th, than it is the 27th or 28th. I think that's really the time that will de- determine if a deal is done by then, uh, whether or not the regular season is going to be delayed. Well, I mean, I think they're banking on it, at least with the uh, the COVID season, guys that quit working out and that sort of thing. You couldn't do it. Now I think it's back to normal. At least guys are working out. Uh, I don't think there's any way in rolling and get a deal done by next Saturday. That's why, you know, going to the end of the month, you know, I think the hitters position players will be fine. You know, maybe we'll see if it's a short time, maybe baseball says, okay, you get three extra pitchers or you know, three extra players in the month of April, you know, something like that to, uh, to, to appease the union and to help reduce injuries. Uh, I'll be fascinated with the free agent market because I think it, I think it could be a horrible time for some free agents because if you're a club, you're going to make some offers and a guy can't be patient and say, I'm going to sit around for a month and uh, wade through it. It's like, okay, you take this deal right now or we'll go to the next guy. And I think some panic will set in. Particularly for the pitchers, uh, you know, we've all seen when these pitchers show up late to camp or, or miss spring training entirely, they've been terrible. You know, I remember when, uh, you know, Kimball joined the Cubs late. Uh, a bunch right. of those closes. When Greg Holland, uh, you know, did the same thing. He was terrible. You know, these guys, these guys need some live action. So it's, it's really important for the pitchers to sign those free agent contracts real fast, even before the position players. Bob, before we let you go, I wanted to uh, commend you on the column that you wrote last weekend in USA Today in light of the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL, the class action lawsuit. Uh, uh, you say that Major League Baseball has shined a light on what was not happening in, in, in your sport. And I think when you look at the last 17 managerial openings and there has not been a black manager hired and then the last 15 executive openings, there has not been a black general manager hired I, I feel like you shined a light where it needed to be, and a lot of the, this conversation that we're having about the NFL on this Super Bowl weekend, I think you could apply it to Major League Baseball. I just wonder what kind of feedback you have gotten in the past week along those lines. Yeah, you know, the your feedback you usually get is from, uh, you know, uh, the black returning the game, uh, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, hey, when Biden Flores says about the NFL, you know, it's nothing that, you know, you got nothing on, on baseball. I mean, you're talking about, you know, we've only had uh, four executives hired since, or, or three executives hired since Kenny Williams in 2000. Uh, you know, talking about 22 years now. You know, that's a joke. And then all the talk about, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter and you know all the GMs standing up with, you know, science and stuff like that. And no one hired a black executive. You know, a uh, in, in a key role to run a baseball operations department, stuff like that. Uh, you know, the Epstein says, hey, we're going to make changes here. You know, Theo left the Cubs, but, you know, still still nothing there either. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, uh, I, you know, baseball, I think, is you know, way, way ahead of, uh, I mean, football is way, way ahead of baseball. Um, you know, it's hard to imagine there's only 15 black managers in, in the history of the game. And uh, nothing's changed. I mean, since 2015, all we had is a, uh, you know, Dusty Baker and, and, uh, and Dave Roberts. That's it. 
Thanks for your time today, Bob. Good luck covering the uh, the story out in New York, and we uh, we appreciate uh, you joining us. Yeah, sure, get my us pleasure. a deal Thanks, done. I, I know you have the juice, Bob. Get a deal done for us, would you? <laughs> Give me a couple of weeks, Bruce. <laughs> All right. See you in Bob Nightingale. Bob. Take care. From right, USA care. Today. Thanks a lot for your time. And, and Bruce, yeah, you, you hope to see him at spring training. He's less optimistic uh, than, than some reports and some national guys are in covering this. But I think it's a, it's a dose of realism, perhaps. Well, I don't, you know, I, I'm hoping Bob's wrong. He's got great instincts. He's covered these, uh, you know, these negotiations uh, almost as long as I have going back to the early 80s. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a sense that you get, uh, David, and the sense that I get is until the posturing stops and we don't hear from the big foot reporters on every move that's made that's leaked out for three or four days in a row, when you get that type of silence and you know they're negotiating, that's when a deal will be cut. That's when it'll be struck. That's when it'll get done. When a deal is struck, boy, what a wild frenzy that will uh, will ensue after that because teams will be scrambling to fill needs, sign players, and get their rosters complete, and that includes the Cubs and the White Sox. We'll talk about what that means and who that could mean coming to town and what uh, what both teams will do in Chicago next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7, the score. David Hall, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. Welcome inside the clubhouse brought to you by Aloha Restoration. Call Aloha for all your water, fire, and mold needs. And, Bruce, we talked to Bob Nightingale, not entirely optimistic about a deal being reached or progress being made this weekend. But when that deal is made, there's going to be a frenzy, a frenzy for free agents, maybe trades, a lot of other player movement. How do you think that most directly impacts the Cubs and the White Sox? Well, I, you know, the, the Cubs need a shortstop and a, and a center fielder as well as uh, some pitching, okay? So you can, you can go anywhere with, uh, you know, starting pitching. They might need one or two. Uh, they need a lot of bullpen help. They, they don't have a lot in the bullpen. Uh, so they're going to have to go that direction. As far as uh, position players, you know, is Correa the guy? I mean, we heard a lot of conversation about it before uh, the lockout. We, we heard that uh, that name was uh, someone that they were considering for a long-term deal. Maybe not the 10 years that he wants, but indeed maybe a seven-year deal. Uh, is that where the Cubs go? I, th- I think at the very least, the Cubs have to get a guy that can play the position. You know, whether it's uh, Simmons or Iglesias, two free agents that are out there that are really good defenders. Uh, they, they need someone that can solidify that position. If... Uh, Nico Horner is not ready to fulfill that need at shortstop. They are, they have they have a big problem there, and we know Nico has great ability, but uh, has had trouble staying on the field because of injury. So, with that in mind, they need a big glove man there. They need a glove man in center. Uh, Tampa has Kevin Kiermeyer, one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball, available. He's under contract for twelve million dollars in two thousand and twenty-two. Uh, he is not a fit for Tampa any longer. They will do their best to trade him. They will do their best to eat some of that contract. That might be right up the alley for the uh, Chicago Cubs in a short-term deal for uh, arguably one of the, the most, uh, the best defensive center fielders in the game. Not a great hitter, 
not 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 going to hit you a lot of home runs, but he's somebody that'll solidify your defense. Interesting nugget. Doesn't his brother work for the Cubs and the grounds crew? Is that the, the is there a connection I'm there? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. So, Bruce, uh, it, quickly, the, does a condensed calendar favor give leverage to the player or the team when you're talking about these deals being struck? You know, that's a that's a great question. Initially, you the first thing you think of, oh, the team, uh, they're going to get bargains because everybody's going to be rushing to get the, any deal that they can. That might be the case. But when, when you're, you're talking about uh, Rizzo, you're talking about um, Nelson Cruz, you're talking about Bryant, uh, you're talking about Correa. They're not. They're not going to necessarily take a short-term deal just because they want to get in. That that's that's not going to happen. So for the great players, uh, the very good players, the, they're still going to have to get paid. If if it takes two or three weeks to get in, you know they're going to have to work out on their own. But uh, I, I don't think I don't think you're going to get a a great deal on Correa just because uh, time is short uh, getting into spring training. I wonder what Ron Coomer thinks of that. We can ask him next inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.